You're listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're doing part two of Women in Christianity. Yeah, we're going to talk even more about equality. It's going to be good stuff. Sounds awesome. Let's get started. All right, Brad. Season two, episode three. We're, we're, we're in a part two here of a an exciting topic, one that there's some controversy for some people. For others, they're probably thinking, why are we even having this conversation? But nonetheless, the conversation is important. And it's it's women's role. We're on part two. Um, if you haven't listened to part one, you know, pause this now. Go back, listen to the first one where, where we poke the hornet's nest a whole lot and then basically come to no resolutions, which is what part two is for. Well, we make a lot of points, I think. You're right, but we didn't yeah. come to any final resolutions. And I will say that this particular episode, um, the, the past episode, episode one, we I, I got a lot of feedback on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. And uh, what was interesting, I don't know, tell, tell me what it was like for you. I got a lot of female feedback yeah, and not quite as much male feedback, but some male feedback. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It was, it was about, yeah, that's, that's, that's about right. I think most of my feedback came from women and, and, and for me it was positive. So that makes me feel good. Um, and, and, I, and I will say I had a couple, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't call it negative. I would just say, Hey, explain this and explain that. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and it wasn't, and, and what I liked about it was it didn't come off as like, I can't believe you'd say that it was, you know, Hey, let's, let's have a conversation, which, you know, is the whole point of what we're doing here. So, yeah. And there was so much to say last time that we didn't get, and we weren't able to get, you know, super practical and talk about how these things work out in church communities. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to do that today. We weren't able to get to all, quite frankly, all of the different verses and yeah, concepts right. that, um, I wanted to last week, and I think we wanted to talk about. And then we had in some of the input from last week. I think we've got some. Uh, we've got some people that reached out with Bible verses, with thoughts. Uh, so we're going to try to fold some of that into today as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and I and I hope that. And I know that you know if you've been listening to us for since season one, you would know that we've gone from an hour to 45 minutes or as close to that as possible. So, you know, and even if it was an hour, we still wouldn't be able to like bring this entire subject into a, like into two one hour segments. And so, you know, I appreciate your patience and your desire to even still be with us when, when we understand that at the end of the day, our perspectives are still, you know, as men. And so it's, it's we're doing as much as we can, and and, and I think that, um, you know, we, we've even taken some steps this week to maybe even further our perspective, um, and and I, I don't want to I don't want to you know get ahead of of, of maybe where you want to be, Brad. But I know sure. at, at some point you, you had told me that you had you had spoken with an individual. Yeah, I, I spoke with a, a young woman um, who has been through seminary and is. Uh, completed essentially completed the ordination process mm-hmm. um you know who who listened to the podcast and who was very interested uh in discussing some of these issues but i think most interesting about her background is that she grew up in a relatively conservative yeah. uh, uh evangelical christian background mm. where uh, she did not have examples of women in positions of authority certainly not ordination there were there were women who were in positions of authority and in fact she had a position of authority like within a youth group or right. with, with children um, but once it got to you know teaching adults leading adults being a, a pastoring or co-pastoring mm-hmm. um, that was not something that she had as an example so yeah I, I do want to uh, because we had a great conversation. I, I do think I want to try to integrate some of her thoughts in here. One thing that I thought so many times, Roman, in these podcasts, we've gone back to the beginning. Yeah. And so one of the comments, maybe we could just start a little bit rapid fire with some of the comments that we have received or perspective we've received in the, in the past week since, mm-hmm. since that podcast went up. But one of the things somebody said to me is, is they said, you know, well, what about the argument of the created order? Right. And that, you know, women were created second. And because they were created second, that was sort of God making it clear that women, you know, that the men came first, women came second. Obviously, mm-hmm. men would be more likely to be in a position of authority over a woman because of that order. Mm-hmm. And that got me to thinking, Roman, a lot about 
about the first and second chapter of Genesis and about God, too. And so I wanted to, I guess, maybe start with this uh, controversial, I don't know, non-controversial observation, which is that God is not a man. Okay. Explain a little bit more. Okay. Not, not that I'm disagreeing. I, <laughs> I want to hear more. Okay. Sure. So, I mean, God is not a man. Jesus, for one, tells us that God is not a man, that God is a spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what's interesting is there are really, we've talked about this before, there are two creation accounts. There's Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. And in Genesis chapter 1, we are told that in the beginning, as we go through the days of creation, that on the sixth day, God created humankind Mm -hmm. in his own image, male and female. So God, while God mostly, certainly most of the time in the Old Testament and the New Testament is referred to with male nomenclature, God does not have a gender. And in fact, Genesis 1 would indicate that because men and women were created in the image of God, that both men and women reflect God's image. Right. Now, in the second uh, second chapter of Genesis, which some people would view as a more specific example of chapter one, sort of like, oh, well, let's tease it out. This is actually how well, all that happened maybe on day six that's conflated in chapter one. But in that chapter, women women do come second, are made from man. Right. But um, anyway, I just thought that was probably an important observation that yeah. I think a lot of times because of, again, because the words we use to refer to God or because of the references to father we sort of make an assumption that God is a man when there is nothing in Scripture that tells us that God is gender is gendered as a man. Right. Yeah. I mean, all, all we have is you know him being referred to as Father, which correct. I mean, I get, but yeah, he's a spirit. He doesn't. I don't know. Like he's, we don't have his chromosomes or his DNA to just sit there and look at. I guess so. It's not even, and and, and that's not how spirits work, right? We're not like right. Um, you know, which is I don't know, which is an an, an interesting thought. Well, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit's referred to, even in the first two verses of Genesis, I may have referred to this before on the podcast, the Spirit is referred to in the feminine, Mm -hmm. right? So God, Elohim, is referred to as a male, and and the Spirit is referred to as a feminine. Now, we know Jesus from Scripture did come as a male, Mm -hmm. but God is not a man, and God is not a woman. So I think that's an interesting place to start, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good place to start because I think it, you know, honestly, just kind of gets, it gets the ball rolling on a lot of ideas that you know just can kind of push off of that. Um, it, the idea of men being created first and women being created second, and and I that is, idea is, is that is that persuasive to you? <laughs> not really, because I, I I don't know. I think of so I played baseball, and I think in terms of like okay, so you had a general manager or you had an owner, and then someone else you know, came in and owned, you know, who came in and bought the, you know, let's just say the Mets, right? They came in and bought the Mets from the previous owner. Does that now mean that that person is less of an owner or they're a worse owner or that they don't deserve the exact same things that the first owner had? Well, no. And in the creation narrative, honestly, the, the created beings or entities actually tend to get more complex right? as you go on in the days. So that would actually lead you to believe that the the female was sort of the higher life form, right? Right. Well, like if you were, we're just we're just pandering now, right? Well, if you were, <laughs> let's okay. So let's let's be even like sort of more, you know, scriptural based, and let's talk about being a potter and molding clay. And if you were to make a pot, I'm not good at this, by the way. I have tried, and I am not good at any sort of pottery whatsoever. But like, let's say you somehow make a bowl, and it's your first time. And then you make a second one. Are we assuming that the second one's going to be better than the first one? <laughs> Probably. It's a pretty good assumption. Right. Well, and l- I don't know. That makes me seem like I'm trying to say well, let, God no, is a potter. I wanna, but. You know what? Uh, let, let's go there. Let's go there. Roman, in your experience in churches, in various churches, we're not going to pick on any particular church, okay. but in your experience in churches, who do you observe are the more spiritual to your observation you can't judge people's hearts okay but who do you generally observe are the more spiritually minded people in the church are they men or are they women 
Okay, so if I were doing it just based off of just straight observant of actions, it would probably be women. Okay, and the reasons why you would say, well, let me, I, I would say the same answer. And here's some of the reasons why I would say that. Because I see demonstrated dedication and I see um, conscientiousness. I see uh, perseverance. I see... You know, we have this phrase that we use. I don't even really love this phrase, but for lack of a better phrase, you know, we talk about spiritually single yeah. uh, people, you know, people who are married, but the, maybe their spouses don't attend or are not, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. are disengaged from the church. Yeah. Now, is it not your experience that nine out of ten times the, the people who are coming to church within a spiritually single relationship would be the women? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And... Is it, I mean, we could just keep going and going and going on this, right. but I, I also have found that, I mean, I'm, I'm in currently in a, a leadership role at a church. I'm, I'm a deacon in a church, you know, a, a servant leader, whatever that means. Right. Exactly. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I have found many times that, uh, you know, I, the deacons are supposed to have wives. Elders are supposed to have wives according to various passages in the scripture. I have found many times that the wives mm-hmm. of the deacons or the wives or the elders are just as um, spiritually intuitive yeah. as their male counterparts. Sure. That's been my experience. Well, I think of, I think of this is okay. So maybe this is not the best example, but when I think of the idea of being spiritually minded, I think of putting others first. God and then others, but you guys know what I'm saying, right? And so, and this is, maybe this is like a, a, a churchy thing to talk about, but the idea of like when someone's sick or they're just got out of the hospital or there was a death in the family or something, the idea of like, who's going to bring them food so that's something they don't have to think about. Or who's going to comfort them? Who's going to maintain a relationship? Who's going to create a relationship? Right. And so like, like for instance, at, at the, the congregation that we're at, we recently had a family who they were, um, struggling with some health issues and like, I don't know, within like two hours, there were already like eight meals planned for them. And it was not done by one man. It was all women. Right. And, and my thought is, wow, I know, I know that it, I know that it's just food, but I, I, for me, that's, wow, what an act of service. Um, and we won't get into like, which is what the, the word mean, the, which the is what deacon, deacon means. Deacon means yeah. Right. Diakonos, whatever. We, and, 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 and I think that like, well, we have examples. So we, in the new Testament, let's just go, go there. So in the sure. new Testament, you know, we, we hit some scriptures last week. Um, you know, this week, uh, you know, we could talk about Romans chapter 16, verse 1, talk about Phoebe, who's identified as a, as a deaconess, as, yeah. a, as a female deacon. Mm-hmm. There are other scriptures that reference uh, women in this servant leader role. Can I make a, can I make a statement oh, about yeah. that? And that's, that's because I read this, and it was, they were talking about Phoebe, and it was, well, Phoebe was the exception to the rule, clearly not the norm. Okay, fair. I'm not even going to try to argue that point because... It is fair that she's the only example that we have in scripture, right, of a female deacon. Why does that matter? That that that's that's what went through my head like almost immediately. It was like, why do we care if she's an exception to the rule or not? Well, you know, one of the things that I was thinking when you started talking about, you know, women uh, showing love, being compassionate through these um, non maybe what we'll call like non traditional leadership. Yeah. Uh, you know, acts, mm-hmm. what I w- sort of am anticipating hearing from folks who, who may be accustomed to uh, situations where women are not in authority is, is they would say, well, look, well, this is how, this is God's plan. Right. You know, it, it's not God's plan for women to have spiritual authority over men. It's God's plan for women to serve. And, and that's how they serve. So I think I really want to focus in on that distinction. Um, because I think we would both agree that whether it's women bringing the food or men bringing the food, that, that, that service is, is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's what God would want. It's, it's the right way to treat other people. It's the way you would want to be treated if you were sick and your family was sick and you needed something, right? Well, I think it's necessary. Yeah, it was, it's, it's needed for sure. But my, I think where the rubber meets the road is, is that the end 
point of what women are able to do or should be able to do within a religious setting. Do they, as I just mentioned, the reason I use that phrase is because somebody used that phrase with me. They said that they did not believe that God had created women to have spiritual authority over men. So I guess as we get to that point, maybe that's kind of the ultimate question. There's a couple of questions along the way. And one of the things we talked about that we wanted to do is to get super practical. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think what some of the things we're talking about is, you know, is it okay for women to pray? Mm. Right. Is it okay for women to pray? And I don't mean, you know, individually pray. Is it okay for women to be in a, a, a mixed gender setting and to pray? Is it okay for a woman to teach in a mixed gender setting? Mm-hmm. Is it okay for a woman to teach, you know, men that, that are men of a age that, I, 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 whatever, whatever special age men, right? Yeah, can yeah. They, can they teach men? You know, can women be in positions of authority? You know, like Phoebe, can they be? Can they be deacons? Can they be elders? Can they be uh, teachers? Can they be preachers? Can they be ministers? Right. Can they be leaders? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think all of those things we want to talk about and and wrestle with or. Right. And so, okay, I'm going to start with maybe a question that I promise that it connects is like, what, what does a disciple do? Or what is the definition of a disciple? It's essentially someone who can make other disciples, someone who is a follower of something, right? In a Christian right. setting, obviously a follower of yeah, Christ, follower, follower student, Christ. and yep, right. Yep. And 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 a disciple. One of one of the the big distinctions that within the Christian faith, anyway, is that a disciple, you know, once where I'm gonna put matured in quotes, should be able to create and make other disciples. And so, um, at the at the congregation that we go to our theme for this year is discipleship, right? And I, it's kind of one of the things that I was really, really kind of honing in on as I was, you know, gearing up for this part two was the idea that discipleship is what Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples of all nations, right? Um, what, what, what I love about that scripture is that it's, it's obviously a command, Right. Like it's not like sort of inferred. It's not like, hey, maybe every now and then when you have the opportunity, go do it. It's a no go and do that. Not an option, really. Go. And, and some people may not like that, but it is what it is. Sorry. And um, and, and what I what I also love about that scripture is it doesn't say men go out and make disciples of, of, of all the nations. It doesn't say women go make disciples. It doesn't say women go make disciples of other women or men go make disciples of other men. It just says, go do it. And, and sometimes I think we focus so much on what scripture very specifically points out and not sometimes what scripture sometimes leaves out maybe intentionally. Um, and, and, and some people are going to really not like what I just said right there, but I think it's important to look at, you know, sometimes we're, we're so focused on, you know, the, 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 the black and white that, that we yeah. or we're focused on the black that we miss the blank space yeah and, or the negative space or, or how, however that, that phrase is that yeah. I don't know. Right. But, but I, I think that it's important to understand that maybe certain things were not specified or not very specific on purpose and, maybe that can be a thought moving forward as we, you know, go throughout the rest of this episode. Yeah, I think that's right, that there are areas that are are not defined. And then to, to you know, go back to the place where we left it last week, I think there is demonstrated in the scripture this direction, mm-hmm. right? There, there is a certain direction where we're moving. And it doesn't mean that there's not examples. You know, I pointed out some of the examples throughout the Old Testament of women um, in the line of Jesus yeah. who were not traditional people who you would think about including in the in the lineage of the Messiah. Yeah. But they were because they were unique. I mean, you, you had women um, like, like Deborah, who's a judge, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, you know, p- people, uh, like, like Miriam, you know, like Queen Esther, like you, you just have Ruth, you have these, you have all these, these women in the old Testament. And then you had the women we talked about in the new Testament too. Um, and, and there are some, 
but there, there seems to be a direction. One that I didn't get to talk about last week that seems to be, along with what you're saying, in the white spaces uh, or the negative spaces, that seems to be something that moves from Old Testament to New is this phrase or is this prophecy from Joel chapter 2. Um, when Joel says, you know, saying of God, I will pour forth my spirit upon all mankind and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Now that's in the old Testament, but I think the awesome bridge there is that Peter in the, in the first sort of gospel sermon on Pentecost in Acts chapter two, Mm -hmm. he cites that. Yeah. He goes back to Joel and pulls that forward and includes that all mankind, the same, you know, Paul says we all have the same spirit. Yeah. All of us. So men and women, we all have the Mm -hmm. same spirit. And then Peter says, you know, we love, you know, those of us who are, are, baptizing people love to run to acts 238 right and say oh hey look it says you got to be baptized but you know we run right past the reference from joel where it says your sons and your daughters will prophesy and that word prophesy is probably most closely translated from the greek into teach yeah right Mm -hmm. it's it's teaching so we have here staring us right in our eyes in the favorite go-to chapter of what does it take to be converted? You know, what do you have to do to be saved? Mm -hmm. We have this verse staring us in the eyes that says that God's spirit is going to be poured out into men and women and both men and women will teach. But yet what do we do? We run to Paul and we say, oh, wait, um, you know, Paul gave some instructions here. We're going to ignore several of them, but these that would keep women out of positions of authority or would allow women to teach, we're going to really strictly enforce these. Yeah. Well, because it's easy. Well, because it's, I would argue, because it's consistent with culture or was, was. consistent yeah. with culture. Yeah. Which is kind with of, a patriarchal culture. Yeah. Which is kind of what I was getting with, with the fact that it was easy is because in society at that point, that was the easiest way to go about it. And, 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 and at that point, I, I think that we – and a key thing to kind of hone in on is the fact that they're trying to be as – I don't know. Let's, let's get the word out to as many people as we possibly can. What's the best way to do that with people that are educated that can read, right? And, and if we're talking about being practical, at that time – Women weren't the most educated individuals on the planet. No, no, they couldn't own property. They could. I mean, there's um, again. I mean, we talked a little bit about this uh, last week, but I mean, even in, it, we just don't have to go that far. Even in our own country, you know, women couldn't own property. Um, yeah. Women couldn't vote. Right. You know, w- there, there was all these different. I mean, it's it's not until relatively recent history mm-hmm. that women have been able to get educated. Yeah. And and you see, that's what we're trying to do in the developing world. That's one of the first things you try to do when you come in is you try to enable the education. You know, certainly education of all children. But what will happen in these uh, developing societies is that the girls and the women. Mm-hmm. They will not be educated. Right. You know, in many places like where they don't have access to clean water, for instance, the girls and the women would just be going back and forth to to get water right. all day long. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they, they can't they can't be educated. Right, exactly. So you're you're right. I mean, this was a different time, but but <laughs> Roman, we're in two thousand twenty one. Right. Okay. Correct. We we are at a time now and, and that's really I think raises the, the the incredibly important question is that in light of the fact that men and women receive the same spirit, in light of the fact that now we look at society and we see that women you know can be educated. I mean, I, I went to law school. There uh, graduated uh, 16 years ago, 15, 16 years ago. There were more women in my law school graduating class and there were men. Yeah. And that wasn't uncommon. That's not uncommon. That is the case in law schools across the country. It's it's starting to be the case in medical schools. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in some industries it's it's been that way. Now in 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 STEM, uh, you know, it's starting to be more and more the case in yeah. science and engineering and math. But mm-hmm. you so you see the way that society and culture is heading mm-hmm. and yet the church is not there in all 
segments of the church. And I think it's sometimes, and, and this is an assumption, this is Roman's opinion time, so you can take this for what it's worth, I guess. But sometimes I think there, within the church, sometimes people take pride in this counterculture yes. process. Yes, yes, yes. And I just I agree with your opinion. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. It's also Brad's opinion time, apparently. But but I I, I think that that is I don't. <laughs> it's a it's like a badge of honor. Yeah. It's like we do it differently. Yeah. Exactly. We, we do it. We don't look. We're we're in the world and not of the world. What does that look like? Well, we don't let our we don't let our women have positions of authority. That's yeah. one way we look different than the world. Yeah. Look at these. What what are they doing? Having you know women run businesses, mm-hmm. having women you know be elected to office. Right. Women as doctors, lawyers, scientists. <laughs> what are they doing out there? Right. And no, no. But I, I mean, I'm I'm being sarcastic, but I think that's how the church starts to look to people on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And if back to your point. If what we're trying to do, if the mandate is to make disciples, mm-hmm. is to create followers, create other followers, other students of yeah. Jesus, if that's our mandate, then if we are not recognizing the personhood, the equality, the abilities yeah. of women, mm-hmm. then what makes that message attractive? What makes that message compelling? I mean, there's other parts of the message that are compelling, but that I think is something that can kind of act as a force field. How about, you know, my wife told us talking to her about this and I would just, when I was talking about earlier, and I'm jumping around a little bit, sorry about that. Um, when I was talking about, you know, leaders, wives, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to my wife on this because I can tell you, she is one of the most spiritually astute people I have ever met. Yeah. And I absolutely rely upon her uh, her insight, um, you know, the way that that she can filter through uh, scripture, um, other resources to sort of see the the bigger spiritual picture. And I know I'm not alone in that. Yeah. Right. So one of the things she mentioned to me, because, you know, she's done a lot of work in children's ministry, which is, you know, something she's permitted to do, um, you know, do, do work in, in children's ministry. Right. Correct. Right. And the thing is, is whenever, whenever you're trying to find teachers, Mm -hmm. it's always the women, not not to a person, but it is the women who end up teaching. And then when you get up to, you know, okay, well we, now we need, okay, this is, sorry, this is a group that only men can teach. Right. It is like pulling nails to find teachers. Yeah. Whereas we have women who are there. Most of the people in the auditorium on Sunday are female. So you have you have this entire segment that the church is losing out on as resources. They're not able to prophesy as both God and Peter said they would. In yeah. Joel and in Acts. And, and, and I think it's also because the thought process has been for so long and not even the thought process, how it's been for so long is, well, it's, it's, you know, it's like pulling teeth for a man to do it because he's supposed to be, you know, at work all week. And then, you know, he's got stuff that he's doing and she's sitting at home taking care of the kids and, and, you know, and so it's cool. And it's she's cool. got nothing to do. Yeah, she's got nothing else to yeah, do. What else is she doing? Right. right. And so it's, ste- it's, it's driven by stereotypes or just, right. just, just old stereotypes well, that are completely out of date. Driven by the past and, yeah. and, and the lack of vision for the future. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, you talk about abilities and, um, I'm a sucker for really great homemade communion bread, by the way. I want to go ahead and point that out. So anyone listening, I think you just like bread. I just, I love bread. That's fair. I love bread, but specifically anything better than the communion bread in quotations that we're taking right now. Um, but what's so, (laughs) what's so funny and that's probably, I don't, I'm probably going to get flagged for that, but that's whatever. Right. Um, it's wait, I got to do it. It's, it's either the, (laughs) it's either the best paper I've ever had or the worst communion bread I've ever had. That's a Roman that's a Roman McCutcheon original. I did. I said that during my communion talk <laughs> once after I quoted Andy from The Office. <laughs> okay. So 
back back on track. Sorry, you love, you love right. legit no yeast communion bread. Love it because okay. if there's yeast in it, can't be. We're not gonna get into that. That's a whole another discussion for another day. But all right, so so the idea is is growing up, I went to a church where there were women who made like the homemade that communion bread like every week. Yeah. Fantastic. Loved seeing this lady come in with this bread. And I remember asking my dad, I think at this point I'm like nine or 10 and not that I was some astute nine or 10 year old, like really observant, but I was like, you know, why doesn't she just give the bread to people? Why doesn't she give it out instead of having to go to the back, put it in a tray and then have the men do it. And and, you know, and my, my dad is, you know, I, I love my dad. He is the reason why he's the reason why I'm doing ministry in general, in my opinion, but, um, not my opinion. Well, it is my opinion because it's the yeah. truth, but, um, he, uh, he, he didn't really say much, but he's, he has like mentioned that before. And, um, and, and I, and I always thought that that I, I've always like thought about that. It's always been so interesting to me. What, what was the answer by the way of um, why she didn't? I handed. I don't out. even know that. I, you know, in all honesty, whatever I don't, it is, it doesn't stick out. In I don't your even mind. remember exactly. I don't even remember what the, what the answer was, or even if my dad gave me an answer. I, I think it was just kind of when I was like, oh yeah, and, and and so not sure what could be more sort of servant than handing out right, and bread. and it's like deciding, and and I think it's because there's this skewed idea of what even authority or leadership yes. is. Yes. Oh, so good. One of the women that you and I have both been uh, exchanging messages with um, sent us this verse that just kind of blew my mind. It's one of these verses that you've read a hundred times. Yeah. But then you don't really, never really thought about it in this context, but it's Matthew 23, 8 through 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus says, but you are not to be called rabbi, For you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors or teachers, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. And, you know, reading that in this context was kind of crazy because I I think what, what she was pointing out, which was, which is very astute is that Jesus even seems to be saying, look, between and among you, you should not be making these kinds of distinctions where people have these authoritarian titles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think sometimes we are prone to read Jesus through the lens of Paul, as opposed to Paul through the lens of Jesus in the sense that we want to run to Paul and say, well, wait, Paul said this and Paul said this. Well, how about we start with Jesus? Yeah. And how about let's understand what Paul said in light of what Jesus was saying here about really it's not about labeling somebody a teacher, a rabbi, an instructor, mm-hmm. father, or, or any of these special titles, which it, it kind of feels like what we have done with women's roles in in conservative Christian circles is we've said, we're not going to allow you to have that title. Oh, in fact, we'll call you this title as long as it's not this other title right. that only men have. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we'll designate men with this title. You can do all the work. Yeah. You can be a spiritual leader, but we're not going to give you this title. Well, I, I think Jesus might be saying, look, nobody should be having these titles. Right. So you making that distinction is is potentially, or us making those distinctions, I think is potentially problematic. Right, and and even to put like that passage more into even context, like the whole chapter, he's Jesus is talking to like his disciples in this big crowd, right? Yeah, and he's even, and then he even goes into the idea and it's all about, it's like hypocrisy. And he he really even starts to call out these people that call themselves rabbis and teachers. Oh, attention to themselves. Yeah. He's like, get it together because who are you? And, and, and I think one of the reasons why, and, and maybe yet again, this may just be an opinion that's ridiculous, but one of the reasons why we may find women as more spiritually minded or spiritual in general is the fact that um, they've sort of been put into that place of yeah. who are in you? Certain, in, yeah, in certain churches, it's almost like they're they're, they're forced to be 
they have no choice but to be in that servant yeah. role, which is really, you know, the, 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 what, what should be driving even the leaders exactly should, should be in that same role. All right. I want to go back to the young woman that I spoke to who's, um, you know, gone through her ordination. You know, she said a couple of really just compelling things to me. One, it was clear um, in talking to her, and I, I met her before, but, you know, we'd never talked about this subject before, but it was just so clear in talking to her. She's just such a empathetic, gifted communicator. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what she had said, which was very interesting to me, is that, you know, various people in her life who her whole life had had sort of, um, you know, celebrated her gifts. Yeah. Celebrated her gifts to be able to communicate mm-hmm. and, and to be able to help. And and even in, in religious settings to, you know, to teach, yeah. you know, teens and, and mission work and, and to do all these things. You know, once she sort of took it to the next level of, well, now I'm going to, you know, go through seminary um, and and go through this process of ordination so that I can, you know, lead, that it was really destabilizing for for people who, um, to me, that, you know, as somebody myself who feels, you know, I, I feel... You know, for, fortunately, I feel like you know I've been been gifted to be able to, as you can tell from how many what sixteen episodes, however, I can talk, right? Right. Especially if I get paid by the word, <laughs> I can talk, right? Sure. And if I, man, if I felt like that this that the gift that I have, whatever gifts that I have, and, and whatever calling uh, that that I have, and, and the way that I have been moved, if I had that, and then could not use that and translate that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and leverage those gifts, I think that would just be heartbreaking. And I will tell you, it is heartbreaking to me Yeah. when, when I see I have had young women come to me just because they had reached a point where they had been teaching, you know, in, in, you know, teen circles or whatever, wherever it was acceptable, but then got to a point where it was no longer acceptable for them to teach. Yeah. And it is heartbreaking. Yeah. No, I mean, so I, I, I have experienced that not with myself, but with my wife who was a youth intern, um, at a church and it was just, she was just a youth intern for the summer. And, um, I know this congregation and Normally they have, they have interns pretty normally. They've all been male up until my, you know, my wife was an intern and they were just called the youth group intern. And once, you know, Lauren, um, who she, we weren't married at this point, but as soon as she becomes the intern, Oh, that's the, that's the youth intern for the, the girls. And yeah. And, and I, I mean, and and we, we were dating during this time or whatever. And I, and I could, I could see that, I mean, like that bothered her yeah. because, and, and I, and I mean, like, like you said about your wife, I would say the same about Lauren is that, um, she has this, this ability to be way more compassionate than I think I will potentially ever be and way more understanding of how, you know, what to do in specific situations. Right. Perception. And, yeah. And it's, it's, it's beautiful to, to watch and it's, it's heartbreaking to see it not be able to be used. Well, how about this back to our Genesis one? It's because she, she was, my wife was the, the women were taught all these different women we're talking about. They were made in the image of God that there is a part of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are, there are female. It's God is not just father. He's mostly referred to as father, but there are female images of God. God talks about birthing things sure. um, in, in the scripture, right? Um, and God birthed creation. So there are these female attributes to God. While God doesn't have a gender, there are these female um, nurturing attributes to God that women have that, I think we are we're losing out on yeah. on some of those. One, let me tell a story too, real quickly. Um, I know we're sort of running short on time because we've gone to this new short attention span theater format where it's only forty five minutes. <laughs> but uh, so I was a campus minister um, when uh, not not paid or anything. There's like a volunteer campus minister when I was in law school and we did law school and undergrad. And at the time, there was a young woman at undergrad. And you talk about making disciples. 
I was the teacher because, of course, I was a male. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was the teacher of the group, and we would have a good group of people there, 20, 25, 30 people there. But she would be bringing like 20 of them right. from the undergrad camp. It was unbelievable. She was like the Pied Piper. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. And she was very quiet. And so for two years, um, you know, I did my campus ministry thing, three, three years. There was somebody else there. And then for the last two years, it was sort of me. And then we got to the end of that and we were, went to a, you know, she went to church with me that it was supported by the, by the, the local church and by supported the, that means a local church, they paid for the pizza. Right. Okay. And the <laughs> subs. So anyway, when I was leaving, I told them, I said, look, I said, I, I know, I understand I understand that within the church here, women can't pray, women can't teach, women can't do this or that, women can't hand out, you know, tasty bread. Right. They can't do anything. But I, t- I told them, I said, I am telling you, this young woman, this woman, she is the one that needs to be leading this when I go away. Yeah. She is the leader. You can try to call anybody else a leader. She's actually the leader. And you know what? To their credit, and to their credit, these were elderly white men in a very conservative church. You know what? They, they were like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. And I was, I tell you, I was blown away. I was just like, I was like, thank God. Like that, that sort of the reality of the situation, Mm -hmm. they realized that we've got, we've got 30 people. and, And these are people who did not attend church anywhere regularly for the most part. Right. Um, you know, a few did different, different churches, sure. but a lot of them didn't, they were just kids on, at the dorms. Yeah. And so they, they realized that, wow, in terms of making disciples, mm-hmm. that the reality is, is that she had been given, uh, these gifts and these skills and to use them, she needed to have the opportunity for leadership, for authority, to pray, to teach. I mean, they didn't make her a pastor, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, so I guess as we, as we try to wrap up here. What do you think, Rome? I mean, what, what are the limits? Are there limits here? Do you, do you see any limits? Um, obviously we have some of these, you know, we have these biblical passages that we talked about last time from Paul. We have some that seem to go in the other direction talking about in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile slave nor free male nor female. Mm -hmm. How do you process that? And where do you end up in terms of what, what women can't, shouldn't, I don't know, be yeah. allowed to do it's in like, a church setting. Where do I draw my lines? Where do you draw your lines? Where do we, and, and, and I think that, um, let me be a hundred percent honest here. I am a minister, which means I am employed by a church and it's a, it's an interesting scenario because I know that there have not. And, and I also want to point out that I don't feel like I am, I am in fear of losing my job because of me having an opinion or a thought, but I do know, and that thought is always there in my head that people have been fired for a whole lot less, but I don't think I'm at a church. I want to say that I don't think I'm at a church that is that way. However, I also need, I also have to have the understanding that like, you know, I I am a representation of a large body of people at times. Yes. I I got you. And so I, you know, I, and my purpose was not to really put you on the spot. I think it was more to just kind of generally ask the question. I, on the other hand, am not employed. I am, I'm what they called (laughs) self-employed. Well, I want to say that I'm not going to, I am going to give my opinion. I, I'm, I'm going to, to state what I think. And, and, and I think that's important. I just want to make sure that when you hear me say it's Roman's opinion time or it's what I believe that it is just Roman. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I just, I want to make that very clear and, and I'm always open to have a conversation or you can call me or whatever. Right. And, 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 and so as far as like the lines go for, for women, I think it's, we need to have a greater understanding of context in scripture when we decide to just say things or when we decide to just ignore things that are convenient from what's happened in the past. Um, and, and, you know, society and culture then to society and culture now. And, um, you need to be able to throw out your, your pride as far as that whole counterculture thing goes and understand that sometimes society, yeah, totally gets it wrong. Sometimes culture is totally not how Jesus would have done things, but sometimes greed, violence, 
all, there's all sorts of things that right. we see, injustice, all but, sorts of things. But sometimes we see they do a great job of what I think of, and they do exactly what I think Christ would have done. Amen. And 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 so to just like completely throw that stuff out the window, I think is not wise, and and that's the nice way of me putting it. But so it, it, for my drawing lines or whatever, I think that it's 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 based off of what one what a woman is comfortable with doing, um, the abilities and gifts that God has given her, because I would say the exact same thing to a man. Sure. Um, like Brad, I wouldn't say, Hey, go teach that class. If you weren't like, uh, if you were like, I don't really well, want to teach a class. Well, let me just say, let me just give you a, a, a pause for a second. I have certainly witnessed situations where men, because of their plumbing for lack of a better term right. are pushed into teaching situations when quite frankly their wives would have done a much better job right yeah and and so there's so we're not i think we're both neither of us are saying that anybody should be pushed into doing something that mm-hmm. they don't feel led to do or, or they don't feel equipped to do or right. that they don't want to do yeah exactly and so you know i i, I think we should what take we should take great comfort in the fact that you know, like you said before, that that God gave the ability of prophesying slash teaching to both men and women, and yeah. to not use that seems just like a waste. Like the man who didn't do anything with his talents. Yeah, the spirit is given. If the same spirit is given to all, right? And and so, and we're told not to quench the spirit. Yeah, and and so the the idea here is okay. There are women who know way more about the Bible than I do. And if you were to put whatever woman that was in the same room as me and they were to say, all right, who's going to teach this class? I'm not raising my hand because that would be dumb. Let's be real honest. If they are willing and capable, which happens, and they're more capable, which happens quite often, why are we wasting that? And, 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 and so I guess my line is let's not waste what God has given us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really what is the difference? Like if I'm as a, male, you know, on my birth certificate, I'm a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in front of a class teaching it, an interactive adult class with men and women, and if women are responding and asking questions and making points and citing scripture, how are they not part of the instruction? Right, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if they can do that, why wouldn't they be able to pray? Yeah. You know, uh, um, so look, let me... You can probably tell if you've been listening for the past two podcasts, you can probably just about tell where I am on this subject. But I will say this. I got to acknowledge that I haven't always been there. Right. Um, the, the first time that I was in a situation where a woman prayed in a mixed gender set just because of the way I was raised, it made me feel uncomfortable. The young woman I was talking to who, who was ordained, the first time she went to her, hear a woman preach, it did sort of the same thing to her. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of what we have to acknowledge is that for people who were raised in this way, for people who were raised in a conservative Christian environment where women had very limited roles, you're going to have a loyal soldier inside sure. that is going to react. But I guess what we're asking, what I'm asking you to do um, is to check that feeling for a moment to go back and and think about some of the direction and movement in Scripture that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. These examples, where it, where is Scripture heading? Was Scripture heading towards more equality for women or less equality for women? Mm-hmm. I, I I think I truly believe there's only one answer to that question. Right. That Scripture was heading towards more equality for women, and I think. Everybody would agree uh, with what we said last week about Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 28, that this distinction between male and female, this is something we perceive. This is not something God perceives, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. In Christ, there is neither male nor female. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, um, I believe that limitations on what women can do to what women can do in terms of where the spirit leads them in in reaching people in teaching people in praying in leading um, those are problematic I believe those are highly problematic 
I believe it's highly problematic for for men to be throwing up those roadblocks. I under at the same breath, I understand the uh, momentum, the institutional momentum that's created over years and tens of years and de- so decades, hundreds of years, yeah, even thousands of years. There is an institutional momentum, but I am so uh, heartened by being able to talk. Um, you know, to this young woman who's, who's, who's being ordained, who's going to be able to use her gifts. Yeah. And even if it's not using gifts at a church where I am, even if what I have to be doing um, at a church where I am is making these points mm-hmm. still while the women are not able to say those things, I'm so happy to know that other churches are waking up. Yeah. And 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 slowly that 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 they're that they are catching on to this movement. I firmly believe that God is always out ahead of us, pulling us forward. God is not behind us trying to pull us back. Mm-hmm. God has always been ahead of us and is always trying to pull us forward into a better future. Absolutely. And and so we're wrapping up now. We're, I know that we I know we've gone past already. And so I just want to thank you so much for sticking with us. I, I personally hope that, you know, we didn't intentionally, I hope you know that we didn't intentionally try to cause controversy. I hope that you know that we, these are things that, you know, we studied that, that we feel strongly about. Um, and you want one star ratings, don't you? Right. I would love five star ratings. I would love it. That would be fantastic. But, um, Really, really appreciate you know the feedback that we received. Keep it coming. I, in all honesty, it helps us out a lot, um, yes. especially when you know when we're going forward, um, you know, with more episodes. And and speaking of more episodes, what are we talking about next week, Brad? Roman, I think next week, let's talk about the way. I like it. This is the way. This is this is the way. And what I and and, and I kind of want to leave it at that because I kind of want I want to leave it as like a oh what a are little they mysterious. Talk about? A little, little mysterious. The way. And get kind of get kind of interesting with it. But hey, thank you guys so much uh, for being with us this week, and really looking forward to being with you guys next week. Have a blessed day.